In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Before today's interview, I want to let you know that this month, New Growth Press is releasing two gospel-centered storybooks for kids. One, by Marty Machowski, is called God Made Boys and Girls, and the other is about going through suffering called The Moon is Always Round by Jonathan Gibson. I hope these books equip and encourage you and your family. You can pick up a copy and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm thrilled to welcome Scotty Smith. Scotty is the founding pastor of Christ Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee, where he served for 26 years. He's now teacher in residence at West End Community Church in Nashville. Scotty serves as an adjunct professor at a number of seminaries, including Covenant, Westminster, RTS Orlando. He's also the author of several books, including one of my favorites. It's a book you can use in your time with the Lord all year long. It's called Everyday Prayers, 365 Days to a Gospel-Centered Faith. I love it. I hope you'll pick up a copy. It will nourish your heart. Scotty and his wife have been married for 47 years. They have two children and three grandsons, and I'm just thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Champ. It is great to be here. Very much so. I just appreciate what you're doing and uh, the privilege we have to uh, talk about God's Word for a couple of minutes. Oh, I am looking forward to it. So what verse do you have for us today? Zephaniah 3.17. So this is, of course, one of the prophets of restoration, actually one of the prophets of revival uh, who served under King Josiah. And in the midst of his prophecy, he gives us this great and beloved verse. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. This is an amazing verse, and it's tucked away in a book that you know, we can hardly say or spell, Zephaniah. Exactly. You know, it's one of those hidden treasures. You know, we uh, jump over Obadiah, Nahum, and Zephaniah too much, but there's so many glorious treasures. And this one verse just dares our hearts to believe this is how good God is to us in Jesus. So what's the context here? So give us a running start on Zephaniah. Yeah, and that really makes it so special because Zephaniah, as I mentioned, was a prophet revival. One of the great reforms in Israel happened under King Josiah, who became king actually at eight years old. He did not have the responsibilities of the kingdom, but but the way God always tells his story is he uses weakness to establish his strength. And so it was a time when Josiah realized that God's people, their hearts were going after other things and other gods. And so God raised up this prophet. In the first part of Zephaniah, God appropriately pronounces judgment on his people. And again, appropriately so, because when we just love things that are not God, that brings really, um, that that brings brokenness to our own lives. You know, anytime God says no, it's because something really is good and better for us. So he raised up Zephaniah to declare the diagnosis, 
you, my people, have left me. Then all of a sudden, champ, we read into the book and God starts talking in first person pronoun about what he's going to do about our need. (laughs) And in Zephaniah 3.14, all of a sudden we have this incredible turn in the story. The Lord has taken away your punishment. Rejoice with all your might. And of course, that anticipates the finished work of Jesus. We know all of the Bible eventually ends up with Jesus. And that's why Spurgeon said it's not a sermon till it gets to Jesus. <laughs> and so in view of the day when Jesus would come to take our punishment, this prophet speaking of God's grace breaking into the moment. And that's the larger context historically, even before he pronounces these incredible things we want to talk about for a minute or so. So these aren't the best people. These aren't the the most well-behaved people. And yet the Lord says really some amazing things about them. So I'm going to read it again. This is Zephaniah, the last chapter. That's chapter three, verse 17. It says, the Lord, your God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. He will delight in you with singing. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. Well, and you said something, champ. My spiritual father, 21 years, was a professor at Westminster Seminary named Jack Miller, and he became a real dad. Jack used to say, cheer up, you're a lot worse off than you think you are, and (laughs) cheer up, you're so much more known and loved and accepted and delighted in. Both are true because the gospel's true. Mm. So, you know, the gospel shows us how big our need is. And then God shows us how great his provision for us is in Jesus. And it's why he is committed right now for all who trust in Jesus. Right now, he greatly delights in us. Not at the end of the story, right now. Right now, he's committed to quiet us with his love and be quiet in his love towards us. Mm -hmm. Right now, if we're listening to the spirit bearing witness to our sonship, we can hear God serenading us in the gospel. God singing over us. God singing. We know we love to gather to worship him, but what we fail to realize is God, our father, is always out singing us and with great joy. Mm. So how did this particular verse just come alive in your life? That's a great question. So it was at a time of burnout in my life as a pastor. I mean, we saw the Lord do remarkable things here in Franklin, Tennessee, but I was working a lot harder for the Lord than I was really spending time with the Lord. Mm. And so God gave me the gift of a burnout, kind of like he gave Jonah a big fish. I came to the end of myself, and really it was the beginning of some important reflection and counseling I needed to do, and I needed to be quieted by the love of God so that some even earlier heart wounds in my story could be addressed by God's grace. And so it came at a time when I was dry and really needing to know This is the way God is towards all of his children right now in Jesus. So what do our hearts tell us that's different than this verse? If we were writing this verse, how would it come out badly? Oh, my word. We are, our default mode is towards performanceism. So we want, we would go with something like, you know, God might get a smile on his face if you do more, try harder. Mm -hmm. If you really are spiritually disciplined, memorize even Second Chronicles, you might hear him <laughs> clap. You've got to work harder to get him singing. And actually, he's going to shame you before he quiets you with his love. We are, you know, we're, we're wired for legalism and performanceism, and the gospel contradicts that all the time. So when you read a verse like this and it resonates in your heart, what does it motivate you to do? 
It really motivates, it actually is the power for the right kind of obedience, champ. I mean, first of all, it motivates us to worship because, you know, our father seeking worshipers before workers. But the good news is, if he has our hearts, he has our hands. And so for me, this helped me understand what Jesus said when Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I command. What we often hear is if we do what Jesus commands, he'll love us. No, there is a motivation of obedience and loving neighbor that's driven by always our responding to God's lavish love for us. I love it. So if families are listening to this, when the podcast is over and they want to keep the conversation going, what's a good question they might be able to discuss amongst themselves? Yeah, a great question would be, what do you think your heavenly father thinks about you right now? And what can you do about it? Wow. See what those two questions expose are. So what generally is the basis of what I think God's thinking about me? And more often than not is we think, oh, he's not proud of me. I didn't have an hour of prayer today. Or he's really proud of me because I gave away my lunch to a kid at school. Hmm. When we need to know his delight, God right now delights in us to the degree he delights in his own son, Jesus, hmm. because he's hidden our lives in Jesus. Thank the Lord for that. So it's been fantastic to have you on the podcast. Thank you for pointing us to the book of Zephaniah of all places. What a treasure, like you said. So would you just close our time by praying this verse for all of us? Absolutely. Father, thank you for Champ, my brother. I love his smiling face. Thank you for his commitment to bring the word of God to a wide audience always, which will lead us to Jesus, the son of God. We pray, Lord, that you'd free us of our unbelief. This seems almost too good to be true. But Father, you tell us on the basis of Jesus, it's more true than we can hope or imagine. Bring it to life in our hearts for all of our friends. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.